Good morning. Some of the most recognizable and important parts of Loudon's economy came from getting out in front of a trend that later turned into just a major fact of life. That's true for data centers and the internet at the turn of the century, and it was true for craft brewing over the past few years. And now, some people are hoping it will be true for industrial hemp. For Friday, May 11th, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. Today's Morning Minute is brought to you by Loudoun Small Business Week. Join us May 14th through 20th for Loudoun Small Business Week. Learn skills to grow your business, connect with industry leaders, and discover organizations that can support your goals. Download the Loudoun SBW app for the latest on speakers, news, and inside tips. Details at loudounsbw.org. Sponsored by Loudoun Economic Development and their partners. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. The Loudoun Department of Economic Development and some farmers think they see the next big thing coming down the pike, industrial hemp. So today, universities and organizations like the Department of Economic Development are working to spread the know-how that farmers will need to hit the ground running if and when they turn to industrial hemp. Loudoun's Agricultural Development Officer Kelly Hinkle said because it's not a widespread crop that people are already growing, if we get in first and we're really good at it, then we're going to corner the market on industrial hemp production. And Sam Grant and Ryan Doherty of Virginia Hemp Company hope to be in that first wave. They're trying to start a hemp processing facility near Percival. They are among the people who have been buying hemp from elsewhere and selling it as bedding for horse stalls and small animal cages, and they say they've got good reviews from the horse owners who have tried it. And they say hemp could be a moneymaker for farmers struggling to make money off their land. Hemp grows quickly, replenishes the soil in ways similar to other rotation crops like soy, needs less fertilizer and water, and can be sold at a good price. Grant said it should be pretty easy to sell farmers on it once they see the numbers. To control the product he wants for his production facility, he plans to provide the farmers with the seed of the particular cultivar he wants for free, and he said he'll guarantee that he'll buy the product from them. Hemp is a flexible product. It's used in everything from animal bedding to paper products and rope to textiles to a building material called hempcrete, a combination of hemp and lime that provides insulation and captures carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, making it actually a carbon-negative building material. In fact, we already have our first home made with hempcrete in Virginia. It's over in Virginia Beach. In some of those uses, hemp's proponents say it's better than what we use now, particularly for paper, for example. While the trees used to make paper today take years to regrow, a hemp crop is ready to harvest in around 70 days. Hemp has been grown in Virginia for almost as long as there have been Europeans on the continent, and several founding fathers are known to have grown and spoken highly of the plant. But the hemp plant, Cannabis sativa, has been banned in Virginia since the 1930s because of another, perhaps more famous, strain of the same species, Cannabis sativa indica, or marijuana. 
But industrial hemp has very low levels of THC, which is the stuff in marijuana that causes a high. Activists have tried for years to get the state and federal government to draw a distinction between the different strains. And that change is starting. In 2014, Congress passed legislation that defined hemp by its low THC content, beginning to separate it from marijuana in federal law. Another federal bill, the Hemp Farming Act of 2018, co-sponsored by a Democrat and two Republicans, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, is in committee. And this year, the Virginia General Assembly passed a bill that brought the possibility of a hemp industry one step closer. Right now, to grow hemp, a farmer has to be part of a research program at a university and pass a background check. But starting July 1st, the background check is replaced with a registration, and growing hemp is opened up more broadly. That could start bringing back a crop that has been grown in Virginia since at least the 1600s. Grant said it may be slow going at first, but he thinks the potential for profit will change minds. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, the County Board of Supervisors Finance Committee has endorsed a priority list of safety improvements at W and OD trail crossings. They've also recommended the county reach out to some partners to help pay for them. Nova Parks, which owns the trail, has an agreement with the Virginia Department of Transportation to share the responsibility for maintaining those crossings that aren't inside town boundaries. The town maintains the ones that are, are inside town boundaries. But the county is looking at getting ahead of them on that. The WNOD trail is 45 miles long, stretching from Percival to Arlington, 23 miles of which are in Loudoun. It has 41 road crossings here in Loudoun, including 16 grade-separated interchanges, which means things like bridges and tunnels across the road. Of the remaining 25 at-grade crossings, the Finance Committee recommended 12 for near-term improvement. And some of that work has already been done. For example, the highest priority project, the crossing at Sterling Boulevard, has already seen some work by Nova Parks, and the county plans to spend $7.7 million to build an overpass for the trail. That is also by far the most accident-prone intersection. It sees more than twice as much road traffic as any other crossing on the list, and it saw 18 reported crashes during the year-long study period. No other crossing reported more than two. The remaining cost for work at the other crossings, like flashing warning signs, tree trimming, and median refuges, is estimated at $2.2 million. Nova Parks has already expressed interest in doing some of that work, potentially bringing the cost down to $1.7 million. And if the full Board of Supervisors moves ahead with that work, the county would also be reaching out to propose sharing the cost of that work. You can get more details and see the full list of crossings they'll be working on in the story on our website. The Committee of Parents, Teachers, and Students charged with recommending a name for the county's newest elementary school have narrowed the choices down to three. That committee is naming what is now known as ES31, which is being built on the east side of Belmont Ridge Road, north of Waxpool Road, and south of Truro Parish Drive. It's scheduled to open in the fall of 2019. Their first choice is to name the school Waxpool Elementary School after the village of Waxpool that existed in the area starting in the 1800s. It was named for the waxy, hard-to-drain clay soil in the area. <laughs> the second choice is Lola Jackson Elementary School, an educator who died in 2001 at the age of 99. She taught at the Farmwell Colored School, later known as the Ashburn Colored School, from 1932 to 1957. And the committee's third choice would be William H. Ash Elementary School, after a former slave who became the first African-American from Loudoun elected to the House of Delegates. Before his death in 1908, Ash worked as a teacher and helped found the Teachers' Reading Circle, an organization for black educators. The school board is expected to vote on a name at its meeting June 12th. 
And nearly 80 years after closing down, Bluemont's E.E. Lake General Store is set for a grand reopening this Saturday at 10 a.m. The store was built by Edward E. Lake in 1901. For 30 years, it was a grocery store along with housing a branch of the Loudoun National Bank for the first six years. It closed in the 1930s before being opened back up for two more years a decade later. The Bluemont Post Office was also located in the store until it closed in 1945. The county started renovations on the store in 2016 as part of the Bluemont National Register Historic District and the county's Historic and Cultural Conservation District. It will serve as a Bluemont area welcome center and rest stop for bicyclists and pedestrians. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. Today's Morning Minute is also brought to you by the 13th Annual Dulles Greenway Drive for Charity. The 13th annual Dulles Greenway Drive for Charity is coming Thursday, May 17th. Drive the Greenway for a faster commute and a great cause. 100% of the day's tolls will be donated to six Loudoun Charities and funds for the Greenway Scholarship. Again, it's all day Thursday, May 17th. For more info, visit DullesGreenway.com slash drive dash for dash charity. That's DullesGreenway.com slash drive for charity. On today's calendar, Jason Maisie will be playing Vanished Farmwoods Brewery and Luckett's at 5 p.m. Will Baskin is at Spanky Shenanigans starting at 5. Don Chapman is playing Bogatti Winery at 6. Todd Brooks and Joey and the Waitress will be at Hillsborough's Old Stone School for Music in the Gap. And it's Friday Paint Night at Mount Defiance Distillery in Middleburg. Get the details on these events and check out the rest of the events calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, paint it on the side of your bike to tell your friends on the trail and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great weekend, and have a great day.